Welcome to the Ignoring Ignorance podcast. I'm Elder Liddell and I'm here today with Elder Ward. The purpose of this podcast is to help others develop a deeper understanding of their purpose in life through a study of Jesus Christ and his doctrine. And you know, through this podcast, we're just trying to find ways to help open up people's perspectives. Um, And today we kind of wanted to talk about the plan of happiness. We wanted to answer or at least give some insights on where did we come from and what is our purpose here on earth? Those are some big questions. But first of all, what what are your thoughts on when you hear plan of happiness, what comes to mind? Uh, well, obviously a plan that's going to make you happy, right? Which I think in order to to fulfill that plan, whatever the plan is, you would need a proper understanding of who you are. Because can yeah. you can you yeah. really truly be happy if you don't even know who you are? Can you? Hmm. Can someone who doesn't know him, his or herself, truly be happy? I don't. I I would wager to say no. Well, it makes you think about where does happiness come from. I mean, if you asked an average person what they thought the plan of happiness was, I mean, what do you think they'd say? I, I don't know. I really, I don't know what they would say. <laughs> it's an interesting question. Well, okay. My belief is that all happiness, you know, it comes from God. It's, you know, when you get down to it, it comes from God. Okay. Just like the sun in the sky, all life essentially comes from the sun. You know, you think about like the that. sun gives life to the plants, which give life to the animals, mm-hmm. which give life to us. You know, how that, that chain works. It all goes back to God. So if we want to understand this plan of happiness, if we want to understand who we are, and if we want to understand how can we be happy, we got to answer those two questions. Where am I from? Why am I here? And I would add another question to that. Who am I? So first we got to start off with the question, who is God? Who is this uh, omniscient being who everyone talks about? This, this God in the skies? You know, who who is he? That's a good question. And I think it at least in today's world, there's a lot of, I feel like there's not so much um, a strong beliefs in God. I don't know. Do you feel like that's Yeah, that's I, I, for sure. I mean, you know, our, our society is based off of Judeo-Christian values, which, you know, both believe in God. And we've lost that a little bit today. And so we, we're trying to bring that back a little bit. We, we need people to understand who God is and why he's important to them. Because we're nothing of ourselves. We're mm-hmm. made from the dust. You know, from dust we came and from dust we'll go back once we die. And without, a, without God, we, yeah. our, our, our existence would be meaningless. We would have no purpose, no direction. And it's important to understand that God is our Father. He's our literal Father in heaven. Let's dive into the question you asked earlier of where... Do we come from? Okay. Well, we come from well, God. He's our father. We, we lived with him before we were born on this earth. We were his spirit children. We did not have physical bodies at that point. Okay. Well, what do you do? He taught us. He taught us this plan of happiness that we're talking about. Right. He taught exactly. us what we needed to do in order to become happy. Now, bear in mind, God does have a body. Of flesh and bone at that time we did not and God also has 
a full measure of happiness. He's happy. And so in order for us to become happy like him, he knew we would also need to receive what? A body. body. Yeah, exactly. right? I like how you termed it Heavenly Father. Because when I think of Father, obviously it makes me think of like my own father or a father. And you know, what does a father want for his child? The best for the best, him, yeah. obviously. So you'd think, you know, if we do have a God and if he is truly our father, he, he, he has a plan for us. He wants us to succeed. Um, he would set us up for success, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. He wouldn't set us up to fail, no, surely. No. Right? But he may set us up to go through hard experiences for the purpose of learning. Oh, absolutely. And growing. Absolutely. Well, and that's, that's the thing. Um, if you go back to, have you ever heard of the council in heaven? I think so. Let me let me explain that a bit to you. So if we go back to, you know, where we were as spirits before we came to this earth, we were with God as spirits. And God knew, again, we can't become, receive a fullness of joy without receiving a body of flesh and bones. Okay, so he created a plan for us. And that plan is called the plan of happiness or the plan of salvation, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. That's the plan. And he gathered us all together in this council in heaven and... Um, let's go ahead and turn to a scripture about it because we don't want to just use our words. Let's, let's use the words scriptures of prophets. A lot. Scriptures are awesome. So for, for anyone listening, if you want to follow along, uh, we're going to go to the book of Moses. And so you need to go to the app store on your phone or iPhone and type in Gospel Library. Download that app and it's, it's free and you can follow right along with us. Click on the scripture part section and it's in the pearl of great price and then moses so we're going to go to moses chapter uh chapter four okay excuse me i meant abraham all right not moses excuse me abraham chapter chapter three now this is the this is god showing abraham abraham was a prophet a long time ago an ancient prophet he was showing Abraham the pre-earth life, the, the pre-existence, where we came from before we were here. I'm just going to read verses 22 uh, through 28. There's a lot of stuff in here. We'll talk about it. He says, Now the Lord had shown unto me Abraham the intelligences, in other words, us, the spirits, mm-hmm. that were organized before the world was. And among all these, there were many of the noble and great ones. And God saw these souls, that they were good. And he stood in the midst of them. And he said, These I will make my rulers. For he stood among those that were spirits. And he saw that they were good. And he said unto me, Abraham, thou art one of them, thou wast chosen before thou wast born. So Abraham was one of those great and noble spirits, which we know now he was a prophet, so he was one of them. Okay, so who's speaking here? Is this... Is this Jesus Christ that's speaking? So this is this is Abraham speaking. Oh, a- Abraham so a- a- telling... it's kind of it's kind of like Abraham writing in a journal, being like, okay, okay, writing down. This is what happened to me. I want everyone to know about it. So he's writing this down, this experience he had with God. All right. So we're in verse twenty-five now, and now it kind of switches. So this is Abraham, and now he's going to quote God speaking, verse twenty-five. And so God says, "And we will prove them herewith to see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them." And they who keep their first estate shall be added upon. And they who keep not their first estate shall not have glory in the same kingdom with those who keep their first estate. 
and they who keep their second estate shall have glory added upon their heads forever and ever. And the Lord said, whom shall I send? Let's stop here for a second. So we're in the council in heaven right now. That's right. God created this plan of happiness for us. And he, he said, all right, this is the plan I have for you. And now in verse 27, he's going to, he's, he says, he asks, who, who should I send? Who should I send? Because part of this plan, plan, mind you, part of this plan was, was that he would send one of his spirit children down to, to sacrifice himself for all of his brothers and sisters. It's called an atonement. Um, because God knew when he, he sent us to this earth, when he gave us uh, physical bodies, that we would make mistakes and no unclean thing can dwell in God's presence. No unclean thing can dwell in our father's presence. And so he knew that he needed to make a way for us to become clean again, because God is a perfectly just God and he's also a perfectly merciful God. So to fulfill both the demands of justice and the demands of mercy, mercy. he sent one of the, one of his children. He asked, Verse 27, and the Lord said, whom shall I send? And one answered like unto the son of man, here am I, send me. And another answered and said, here am I, send me. And the Lord said, I will send the first. So is, is the other person talking here referring to Satan? Or, well, or at least the, like, like who is Well, let's find about? out. So there's two people here. There's two people here said, they raise their stand up, raise their hands. They're like, okay, I want to go. I'll be the one. Okay, let's read the last verse okay. and we'll get into that. And the second was angry and kept not his first estate. And at that day, many followed after him. Hmm. That's interesting. So the Lord chose the first one, the first one to stand up. Yep. And the second one was angry. And a lot of, a lot of the, a lot of our brothers and sisters followed him. So now we're going to turn to Moses and we're going to learn who those two people were. We're going to go to Moses chapter four. Okay. This is something, something similar going on here. In, in, in the first verse of Moses chapter 1, it explains the scenario we got going on here. Um, Moses was caught up to an exceedingly high mountain. And now skip to chapter 4. This is, this is God speaking to Moses, which Moses was another prophet. And uh, here's what it says. Moses chapter 4 verses 1 through 4. <clears throat> now keep in mind the question is, who were those two that stood up okay. in the council? Okay. And I, the Lord God, spake unto Moses, saying, That Satan, whom thou hast commanded in the name of mine only begotten, is the same which was from the beginning. And he came before me, saying, Behold, here am I, send me. I will be thy son, and I will redeem all mankind, that one soul shall not be lost. And surely I will do it. Wherefore, give me thine honor. And so, just off the bat, it seems as though his plan isn't all that bad. I mean, yeah. he's saying he will redeem mankind. No, we'll all be saved. We'll all be saved. It's communal salvation. Right. Yeah. And so <laughs> what's I mean, wrong with that? I well, mean, come well, on. Well, let's find out. I, I, let's, let's I, that's actually let's a really read. good question. Yeah. Uh, what does it say? But Verse 2. But behold, my beloved son, which was my beloved and chosen from the beginning, said unto me, Father, thy will be done, and the glory be thine forever. So let's contrast those two responses first. Hmm. Satan said what? Here am I, send me, I will be thy son, I will redeem mankind, that not one soul shall be lost. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. And yeah. surely I will do it. 
Wherefore, give me thine honor. He wants God's honor. I'm noticing honor. there's a lot of eyes. There's there. a lot of eyes there. There's a lot of a lot me's. Of eyes. There's a lot of me. Give me thine focusing honor. Focusing inward. Give me thine honor. Hmm. What was what was? And then my my beloved say? son or Jesus, uh, he said unto me, Father, thy will be done, and the glory be thine forever. Be thine. Not a single eye. Not a single eye. In That's that interesting. Whole response. I think there's a lot that we can learn from just that right there. Oh yeah. You know. You know, what difference does it make to live a life focused on yourself versus focused on others, others, focused on Christ? Yeah. You know, so let's let's follow this. Let's see where this goes. Verse three. Wherefore, because that Satan rebelled against me and sought to destroy the agency of man. What's agency? First off, do you know what that is? Agency is ultimately the freedom to choose, right? Ability to choose between... So it's like liberty? Liberty, pretty much. Ability to choose um, good or evil, right? We all have that. We all have that option. So the ability to choose. Right. Okay, the ability to choose. It's simple. So let's read that verse again. Wherefore, because that Satan rebelled against me and sought to destroy the agency of man or to, to destroy the choice of man, which I, the Lord God, had given him, and also that I should give unto him mine own power... By the power of mine only begotten, I caused that he should be cast down. And he became Satan, yea, even the devil, the father of all lies, to deceive and to blind men, and to lead them captive at his will, even as many as would not hearken unto my voice. Okay, so ultimately his plan started with the ideal of destroying, well, it's not really an ideal, but he wanted to destroy agency of man. Mm -hmm. Why would that be a bad thing? Well, first off, we got so Satan's plan, like you said, is destroying the agency of man. It's destroying our freedom of choice. Now you got to remember, God's plan for us was to come down here and to choose for ourselves whether we wanted to follow Him or follow something else. Right. He wanted us to have a choice, but Satan's plan takes that choice away from us, hmm. and that is also why it's a communal salvation because nobody has choice. Everyone's saved. Right. And so, you know, at surface, uh, looking at the surface value, you know, you, you think, oh, that's, that sounds pretty good, right? But when you get down to it, you realize I don't have the choice whether I want to do good or bad today. I think agency, another reason why it's so important is because that's how you progress. Yeah. I think you progress when you have the freedom to choose because when you make wrong choices, you learn from those. To make a right when one. When you make good choices, you learn from those choices as well. Yeah. When you don't have agency, I don't think that there's room to grow. I, I mean... There, there's not. And I think that is there why... There has to be opposition in all things. Yes. It's kind of like that whole concept of yin and yang. The balance. The there. balance. And that is why I think that ultimately... Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I think that's why his plan was chosen, because it gives us the ability to choose. And yes, that means we're going to make mistakes, but it also means that we're going to become better because of it. We can, if we choose to. We can. There's a choice there. Or you can become worse. Or you can become worse. I mean, you see people all the time, you know, destroy their lives. You see people come from the bottom to amazing things and becoming amazing people. And that's all because of God's plan and because he sent his son Jesus Christ to atone or to sacrifice himself for the world, for all of us, to give us that opportunity to change. Because otherwise, 
You make one mistake, you're not going back to God's presence. Because you make yourself unclean every time you sin. Or in other words, every time you make a mistake, you make yourself unclean. But because of Jesus Christ, we have that opportunity. We have the opportunity to change for the better. And by so doing, and by relying on him, we can cleanse ourselves and prepare to meet God again. That's the beauty of it. That is it's beautiful. That, that is beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's so it's, good. It really makes you feel free in a way. Yeah. Just to know that you, I think many, for many people, they feel almost, almost like imprisoned because of the wrong choices they made. Yeah. That I mean, you know, things like guilt and shame, like that really can weigh on you. But knowing that you can choose to become better, to learn from your mistakes, to grow because of them, I think that really gets at the root of the plan of happiness, you know, yeah. is it's not being completely perfect. It's becoming more like Jesus Christ who was perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think this is kind of taking us into what our purpose here on life is. Yeah. You know, we were kind of talking about where we came from, but you know, the reason why we're here, ultimately, it's like a time to prepare to meet God, right? That's exactly what it is. It's, it's to prepare ourselves. Right? And we remember, we learned earlier, it's not possible to receive a fullness of joy without the physical body. That's why God sent us here. Because you would think, why, can't we, why couldn't we just stayed with God? We were in heaven. If, yeah. you, if, if your definition of heaven is the place where God resides, then we were in heaven. We were in God's presence. So why didn't we just stay there? It's because in order to progress, in order to receive a fullness of joy, to progress in the plan of salvation, God knew we had to come here. So what happened? Why? Why? Why did those some of those some of our brothers and sisters try go against the plan and choose to follow Satan? Why do you think they did that? Because well, it, did, it did say in there that many followed after him. Many followed after Satan. It also says in Revelation chapter 12 in the New Testament that, that the dragon, or in other words, Satan, his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven. In other words, a third of our brothers and sisters chose to go after, chose to follow him. Why, why do you think they did that? I think it's kind of that concept of the path of least resistance. I mean, change is difficult. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to learn. It's hard to grow. You know, having being faced with making your own choices is difficult. And I think if this also is the case, then it, it certainly would be difficult to make that choice to come to earth to live because I mean, I'm sure we recognize that it would be difficult, you know? Yeah. So I'm sure that was, that was comforting to, to think that we're all going to be saved regardless of what we do. Well, I guess it doesn't matter what you do because you wouldn't have a choice in Satan's plan anyway. I, I can see why that would be appealing, but at the same time, there, there's no progress. Mm-hmm. There's no progress. So you might as well have not left God's presence in the first, we might as well have not left God's presence in the first place if we were planning on coming here and not progressing, not improving ourselves. It's a really interesting thought. Right. It really makes you think about the decisions that you're making. Yeah. in your life i mean yeah i mean <laughs> if you think about it like oh god says in the scriptures woe unto him that wasteth the days of his probation in other words 
woe unto you if you're wasting your life. Don't waste your life. You need to be, you know, productive. You need to improve yourself and improve the state of your life and others each day. For and, sure. <clears throat> it's, it's interesting. And we, um, the thing that's interesting about it all is that we, if you look at anybody on this earth, everybody, everyone that you see is someone who chose to follow Jesus Christ in that pre-mortal existence. If you go back to that scripture in Abraham, it talks about those who keep the first estate shall be added upon. And then it says those that keep the second estate, glory shall be added upon their heads forever and ever. Well, the first estate was when we were with God back then. We had a choice between following Jesus Christ's plan or the plan that God the Father made and chose Jesus Christ to do it or following Satan's plan. Now, this is, I mean, if you define politics as a difference of opinion, this was a political battle. God, God gave us mm -hmm. good against agency. Evil. He gave us the, the ability to choose whether we wanted to fall, follow Christ's plan, liberty, choice, or Satan's plan. Communal salvation, but no freedom of choice, no freedom of thought, no freedom of anything. A third of our brothers and sisters chose to follow him, and they were cast down to the earth. It talks about it in, in both uh, Moses and the, the book of Revelation. They were cast down to the earth. But what the thing they didn't get was a body. These bodies that we have, despite their imperfections, despite human frailty and you know disease and sickness, pain, all these things, these are gifts from God. These are, these are it's special. And it's a, it's a blessing to have a body. And those, those who followed Satan did not get one. You hear about evil spirits on the earth? Yeah, sure, there's evil spirits. True. They didn't follow Christ's plan. They were cast down. They were part of that third that followed Satan in that council in heaven. So you're talking about how having a body is really a gift. It is a gift. I think that yeah. gets completely forgotten in today's world. I mean... There's, I mean, you just look out <laughs> anywhere you go in public, there's people that obviously are not taking care of their bodies. Yeah, they don't well, I mean, if thing. I were to give you a gift, how would you treat that? If, I mean, I mean if, if you, of it, if you, you know, if, especially if my good friend, right? you give yes. me a car, like, I give you a car, are you going to go key that car? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> it's, that's why it's so important to keep our bodies healthy, right? This is going a little bit off yeah, topic here, but, but it's, it's it comes something. back to our, the way we use our agency yeah, on earth. That choice. You know, how are we going to use our bodies? How are we going yeah. to, you know, express our talents? How are we going to become more like Jesus Christ? Yeah. You know? So. Well, I think we've talked, we, we've pretty much covered where we came from. That's, that's, we've done a pretty good job there and who we are also, we are sons and daughters of God, literal sons and daughters of God. That's why if you ever see a Christian or someone say, Oh, oh, hey, brother or something, or hey, sister, so-and-so. That's why. It's because we are... Brothers and sisters. We're brothers and family. sisters. We are actually one big family. We are. And so what happened? God, let me, let me just go through this real quick. After that council in heaven, Satan was cast down to the earth. Well, first off, the earth was built. You know, God, God created the earth in, in seven days. You can read that in Genesis chapter one. Um, also in the book of Moses, it talks about it. Uh... But let's go, let's skip forward to Adam and Eve. The first, our first parents of this big old family, this, the human race, one big family. Let's talk about their story a little bit, because I think it's important. 
If we're going to talk about where we came from, we need to talk about more than where we were before we came on this earth. It also has to do with our heritage. Yeah. Where do we come and what from? Happened. What happened? What happened? Yeah. So ultimately, I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think that's very important to understand. And Adam and Eve were chosen to be our first parents um, in the Garden of Eden, made in the image of God. And what's interesting about this story... Can I pause you there? Yeah. So if I were to stand in God's presence face to face right now, he would look like me or a human or, or is he going to be something... Some wisp in a cloud or something. I think some people don't think about this. Yeah, it's important to know. It's important to know. We were made in the image Image of God. God. Which would mean that he's human form. He's got a body. He's got a body like us. Yeah. The difference is his body is not a mortal body. It's an immortal body. Perfected. It's it's a perfected body, including his brain. He knows all things. <laughs> yes. He's in and through all things. You know, he's the yeah. light of all things. He, he, he is the power by which the sun coming through this window right here shines. He's that. That's where the, the power comes from. It's incredible. I, I have a hard time when someone doesn't, they say they don't believe in God. I have a hard time because all things denote there is a God. The heavens many and the earth, all, different images of what god is to them that's true you know, like a, a spirit uh yeah <laughs> a, i don't know people it's a big question what, well what is he? let me just to set the record straight according to holy scriptures written by prophets called of god to be his mouthpiece god is in the, he's in the form of man but he has a perfect immortal body of flesh and bone right which is significant. It's a, it's a, that that's good. That's really important to know. <laughs> and so it he also ma- helps he, you see him as as your father, like we were talking about yeah, earlier. He is you know? he's our father, and that would make sense. Yeah. Back to Adam and Eve, though. What what's that story? What happened there? Well, they were given the choice in the garden, right, of whether they should. Uh, there's the tree of the fruit. Uh, I forget what it's called. Knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge of something good and evil. Like that. Yeah. And they had the option of whether or not to um, partake of the fruit, but God commanded them not to. Mm -hmm. And it kind of created that first opposition um, that we were talking about before, opposition in all things. And the story ultimately goes that Eve partake of the fruit, and it kind of led them to... Why did she partake of the fruit? She was tempted to, right? Yeah. Who tempted her, though? The devil. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that same one that got casted down to the earth. Yeah. You know, it, he tempted Eve. And Eve did partake. But what happened? What were the consequences of it? Because God, God gave them a choice. He said, of all the fruits in this garden, of all the trees, you can eat all the fruits in this garden except from that tree. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, before they ate, partook of that fruit, they didn't know the difference between good and bad. They were innocent like a little child. It also says in the Bible that they, they, they were naked. They didn't even know they were naked. They just didn't know, right? What were the consequences? What happened when Eve partook of the fruit and then had you know Adam also chose to partake of it? Well, they came to a knowledge of good and evil. They recognized that like previously they lived in a state of innocence. And when they made that choice, it 
I don't know how to explain it. Well, I see, I see where you're going with it, though. I mean, when they made that choice, their eyes were opened. Because Satan said to them, he said, you know, surely. God, God told them, he's like, in the day you eat this fruit, you shall surely die. And Satan comes and tells them, surely you shall not surely die in the day you partake of that fruit. Yeah. But your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God. Which, that's a half truth because... In order to become more like God, they needed to know the difference between good and evil. And so it's true. When they partook of the fruit, yes, their eyes were open to see. But God does not lie. And he said, in the day thou eat that, thou shalt eat that fruit, you shall surely die. Well, sure enough, their bodies became mortal. That's they good. became subject unto death. And so the, the, the devil, like he does all the time, he told the truth just to mix in a lie. And, and he, he did. And that's very applicable today, too. Mm -hmm. I think the way he works is he ties in half-truths or he ties in truths with lies. And, you know. You, you got to be careful. You have to be careful with that. You do. And so what the consequences? We were talking about the consequences. They became mortal. They became mortal, which is a blessing. Which... It's a, a blessing and a curse. True. Because what happened is when they disobeyed God, they became unclean. They could no longer be in his presence. Because before they did that, they could walk and talk with God. They were clean before him. And afterwards, they were no they were they were kicked out from the garden garden of Eden. They were they were thrust from the garden. And you know, God said, In the sweat of thy brow thou shalt earn thy bread. He said that to Adam. He said to Eve, you know, um, in the in the pain of Genesis chapter three, you know she's you know pretty much their lives would become difficult. Yeah, their lives would become <laughs> difficult. Now, I always wonder to myself, mortal lives if, are definitely if, difficult. If if God <laughs> if God, well, first off, was God's plan possible to move forward had they not become mortal? That's that's a really interesting. Point, I mean, yes I don't or think, no? I mean, it's also interesting to think about like how long were they there? Yeah, I, well, no one knows. I it's, it was just, it wasn't, from what the scriptures say, it wasn't possible for, for them to progress, progress if they had remained in the garden. Now, then why would God tell them to not partake of the fruit? If he knew in order for them to progress, progress, they would have to partake of it. Why in the world would he tell them, why in the world would he tell them not to take the fruit? Here's why I think he would say that. And also another question, why is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the middle of the garden? Well, if I have a, a cookie I have no idea. and I don't want I a child, no idea. a child to get that cookie, am I going to put it, you know, in a place where they can reach it? No. Of course not. That's, no. that's, 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 that's absurd. <laughs> I'm going to put it like up in the top cupboard where they can't reach and they don't know how to get to it. Yeah. But instead, God just put it right out where yeah, they why? could. Yeah, why? Right out where they could get it. Because they were like right children. There? Well, here's why I think. God knew there had to be opposition in order for us to prog progress. And so if he had commanded them to partake of it, they, there would be no opposition. They would just do what he said. But there would be actually. Because Satan was on the earth. He was cast down. And so God knew what would happen if he commanded them to partake of the fruit. Who would come? Satan would come. What would Satan tell them to do? Well, God says yes. Satan says no. 
God says up. Satan says down. down. God says opposite. God says hot. Satan says cold. So if God tells them to partake of the fruit, what's Satan going to come tell them? I'll partake of it. Don't take it. (laughs) And the the plan would have never progressed. Never. So I think the reason why God told them don't partake of it, I think he did that because he knew Satan would come and tempt them to do it. Mm -hmm. And it worked out because they became fallen. They became, you know, the natural man is an enemy to God. They fell into a natural and carnal state. And if, it, if not for Jesus Christ and his atonement, his sacrifice, we would forever remain in that fallen state. And but so, because Adam fell, Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy. But Adam also fell so that Jesus Christ could come. Because Jesus Christ came through Mary, who came through the lineage all the way back to Adam. The fall of Adam and Eve made it possible for Jesus Christ to come. Now, one more thing. The reason I say, I think God told them to not take it of the fruit for a reason is because of something it says in 2 Nephi chapter 2. Verse 24, it says, But behold, all things have been done in the wisdom of him who knoweth all things. And this is referring to what happened in the Garden of Eden. Yep. All things have been done, including telling them not to take the fruit. All things have been done in the wisdom of him who knoweth all things. That brings a lot of peace. Yeah. To know. And what does it say right after that? Adam fell that men might be and men are that they might have joy. Men are that they might have joy. Back to the plan of happiness that we're talking about. I mean, you go Moses chapter one. What does it say? God says, for behold, this is my work and my glory. I believe it's verse 39. To bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. And eternal life consists of never-ending happiness. A fullness of joy. Where, where sadness can't be. <laughs> Would you say that people today in general recognize that? That men are that they might have joy. Like that the purpose uh, is of their life is to have joy. I think some people probably think our purpose here is to suffer. Yeah. Because life is difficult. It's not easy. But the end goal is joy. There's verses in the scriptures and in the Book of Mormon specifically. Um, by the way, if you're not familiar with the Book of Mormon, we'll explain that later in a future episode. But there's verses in the Book of Mormon in 2 Nephi from where, when we just read. And it says, And it came to pass that they lived after the manner of happiness. Now this was in a time that they weren't happy. This was also in the Book of Alma around chapter 50. This isn't a time, in, in the book of Alma, they were in the middle of wars, of contentions, of mm-hmm. a lot of hard things. A lot of hard things. Life was difficult. But then in the middle of all those hard things, there's this verse that just, you know, puts itself in there and says, and the people lived after the manner of happiness. Did it mean they were happy 100%? No. But what does it mean to after live after the, after the manner of happiness? The way of living that will bring you you know, long-term joy. Because there's a difference between, you know, gratification in the moment. Yeah. yeah. Such as like drinking a soda. That's gratification. Feels good right now. 
But is that the, living actually in, in, in the long run? How is that going to help you? Right? It's not. It's I not going to help you. Or like eating a bunch of sugary things, a bunch of sweets. They taste really good. I I love sugar. I love you know sweet tarts. Those are great. Mm-hmm. But is that really helping me reach you know my best physique? No. No. That's I, called living for you know selfishly and in the moment instead of living after the manner of happiness looking for long-term joy so how was it those people were able to be happy despite everything that was going on around them wars contentions you know all these difficult things well i think that they had the uh, when you're living after the manner of happiness you're living in a way that you recognize like you said you, that you're living for the longer term necessarily you recognize that although the things that you're going through at the present are challenging that there's a purpose behind that yeah which brings us back to like the purpose of life even i mean we all experience challenges in life we all go through hard times or it's going to be different for everybody but when you recognize that the purpose is to become is to ultimately like reach joy in the end like it was saying living after the manner of joy it it changes brings things. a lot yeah it changes things it changes it's, your it, perspective on the things that you're going through exactly and you said at the beginning of this this podcast you said our purpose one of the things we want to do is help change perspectives mm-hmm. now let me give you an example there's two different perspectives here okay on my right hand here is the perspective of someone who believes this is it this is all there is in life eat drink and be merry as isaiah said eat drink and be merry for tomorrow, tomorrow we, we die. die you know live for the moment instant gratification and you know okay maybe they find some short-term happiness here for a time for it a seems time. okay yeah. They seem to find that happening. Well, what G- Jesus said, 3 Nephi 27, he said, you know, they have joy in their works for a season, mm-hmm. but by and by the time cometh and their works follow them. Right? I think your works will catch up to you at uh, they have to at some point, yeah. you know. I hear I hear from so many like I used to play football and I hear from a lot of people who played football like, "Oh man, my joints, all these things catching up to them yeah. as they're getting older." <laughs> it's like not that football is bad. I love football. But when you, you know, exert your body that much and hurt it, mm-hmm. it catches up to you later on. And that comes with spiritual things too. If you're doing spiritually destructive things that that gratify yourself that, and you feel good in the moment, it's going to catch up to you one day. Mm-hmm. Your spiritual joints are going to be aching and you're going to regret it. And so we have this person on my right hand right here. The person who lives... In the moment, they say, uh, YOLO, you only live once, you know? <laughs> okay, and then you have this person here who understands the plan of happiness here in this hand. And they they have a long-term perspective. They realize that this isn't all there is. We came from somewhere. That, you know, that person realized he We're or she is somewhere. somewhere. He or she is somebody. We're going somewhere. There's a we are, they're purpose going, for know, the things we're that we're doing. We're going somewhere. And that one day... This person understands they will stand before their father, the most high God, and they'll be judged of their works. The things they've done in the flesh, the things they've done while here on earth, they'll be judged for all of it. 
and they live and so they live for the long term they live to to be a better person to serve other people and they they discipline themselves to overcome the lusts of the flesh you know yeah i think that i think the real message we're pulling out of this is that we need to have what you might call that eternal perspective yeah not live for gratification but live for live for god live for jesus christ that myopia that nearsightedness is what we got to get rid of Mm -hmm. we gotta we gotta look beyond that and beyond ourselves as we talked about before we got to look outside of ourselves and you know learn how we can help others and how we can improve ourselves and help improve the lives of others and when you come down to it when you really get down to it that's what being a disciple of Jesus Christ means and that's what following God means is to be selfless and not selfish mm-hmm. to look outward and not inward just and like we keep, were talking about with eternal and perspective plan versus Christ's plan yeah inward or Satan outward. I I I send me give me thine honor Jesus Christ said what here am I send me yep the the, the glory be thine forever fascinating so we, we've yeah. covered a few things today it's we've covered you know, we've true. covered where we're we from why we're here our purpose here on earth is to prepare to meet god when you get yep. down to it we've also covered who we are we're beloved sons and daughters of god the father and why it's important to know that and why it's important to know that <laughs> the perspective <laughs> to take a step back and take the blinders off right exactly so next time what we want to talk about we're going to go into where we're going where we're going after this in that grand scheme of things that plan of happiness in this broad perspective we're going to talk about where we go after we die but we want to leave everyone with an invitation and we talked a little bit about genesis and the reason why i love it is because it starts right off with the beginning and if you haven't read it, or if you haven't even looked at the Bible, that's something we definitely want to encourage you go to Go buy do. a Bible. If you don't buy have a Bible. one, go buy a Bible. Actually, you don't need to. That app, Gospel Library it's app, right there. it's, it's got online. everything you need. So we want you to get inside your scriptures. Start start reading in Genesis, the Old Testament. Read the Bible or start inside Moses or Abraham. Any one of the scriptures we started today, read. Because in order to understand and know that what we're saying is more than a story, more than a story with a lot of hope, you need to connect yourself with heaven. And in order to do that, you need to read the scriptures because reading the scriptures is how God speaks to us. And then you need to speak to God through prayer. Prayer is how we speak to God. Scriptures are how God speaks to us through his prophets. And that's how you're gonna learn really is through it, your own individual process of growth through learning and studying and prayer. And that is just what we wanted to leave you with today. Yep. So anyway, thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you all next time.